the Shuggins Podcast for the week of January 29th. This is episode number 92. Yeah, that's funny. 29th, 92, just reverse them. Whoa. <laughs> wow. It's meant to be. Numbers, crazy. Uh, shelf Games <laughs> is a lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones still on the shelf. And I am your host, John. And joining me this week is uh, my fantastic co-host, Ted. How you doing, Ted? Wow, fantastic co-host. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Jeez. Uh, it's been a, been a couple of weeks since been on the show. So what's, uh, what's been going on? What's, uh, what's yeah. happening in the life of Ted? um not a whole lot i attempted to go snowshoeing today which mm-hmm. you were also invited to but you know what you know just didn't work out didn't work so out. it's a good thing you didn't you didn't come uh but you went and had um, a, a video game experience i heard uh i did it wait what are you talking about i'm talking about the movie you went and saw oh fuck oh god <laughs> wow i'm an idiot yeah <laughs> I was like, wait, what game did I play? Um, yeah, I went and saw Jumanji instead because it was pouring rain. It's yeah. not really good to snowshoe in the rain. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I went and watched the new Jumanji and it's pretty good. So so they they kind of take a modern spin and basically like turn like the old board game into like a video game, right? With, without, without giving away too much. Yeah, it's just like a little video game system that once you load it up, you get sucked into the, into the little orb, you know, dome thing. Right. And it turns green and you go in there and you become the rock. You know, standard Jumanji standard procedure. Stuff. Yeah, so so I mean, a Jumanji sequel so many years after the original kind of sounds like they're just trying to cash in and it's just going to be like a really shitty, you know, straight to DVD thing. But right. from everything that I've heard, it's actually not too bad. Yeah, like I wasn't that stoked to go see it. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like on my radar, but, you know, everyone I was with wanted to go. I'm like, all right. You know, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it ended up being pretty good. Nice, nice. As far as like a sequel goes to a movie that you wouldn't expect a sequel to, like it was, it was pretty good. Okay, cool, cool. I'll so, have to have to check it out uh, when I get a chance here. Um, but uh, outside of watching uh, video game movies, what uh, what have you been playing? What's what's been going on in your video game life? Oof, let me tell you. And oh my god okay i always like the past few episodes i always kind of take a shit on this game like oh you know what i don't really play it that much anymore takes too long to play yeah i've really started getting back into PUBG like a goddamn hypocrite player unknowns battlegrounds yeah you've been back i just call it PUBG now us us PUBGers, we just call it yeah you've been back on the sauce i've been been (laughs) back on the sauce i'm back uh i'm off the wagon you know i'm back in it so yeah I don't know. I'm just like enjoying playing it so much. I think they fixed a lot of like desync and like mm-hmm. netcode issues. Mm-hmm. And so you're not getting like, you're getting, you know, you still get sniped from the bushes and you're like, oh, okay. I didn't even fucking know a guy was there. But you're not like seeing a guy like warp through the goddamn field that you're running through and then all of a sudden you're dead. It's like, okay. You don't see that anymore, at least. Right. So like less issues with, um, you know, clipping or rubber banding or like magic bullets. And I mean, they, that it happens occasionally but it's mm-hmm. pretty rare at least you know for me so yeah i mean with any sort of online shooter where things happen quickly you know it's kind of bound to happen especially when you have 100 people on the same map it's yeah uh one of those things where it's, it's kind of hard to work around a lot of those those bugs but like what particularly is it that's like sucked you back into the game because yeah like you were saying the, the last few shows that you're on you're just like ah, i'm not really into it anymore blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. um kind of like you said like it takes too long you know the the Something like Rainbow Six Siege has a lower commitment because rounds go really quick. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what 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 really pulled you back to the game? Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I still love playing Rainbow Six Siege. Like, I it's it's still like a really fun game. But I don't know, it's just I was talking about it last time. But there's something about being in like a, a high intensity situation in battlegrounds where it's just like if you win those those gunfights, like mm-hmm. you just feel so fucking good. You're just yeah. like yes, like. Yeah. 
that was something I just, you know, either with your, your teammates or you're by yourself. Um, I don't know. It's just the, the rewards are just like such a high. Maybe that'll like kind of start going down eventually mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just like, I'm really enjoying, uh, playing the game and I'm like, I feel like I'm getting better at it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I just like, that's the other thing is like, I'm actually getting wins and it's just like, wow, this is so addicting. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I it's interesting because, you know, I, I definitely experienced that same type of thing in Dota 2 where you'll get those really high highs and those really low lows where it's just yeah. like you get dumpstered by another team and you're just like, oh, this feels fucking terrible. And like they like this is like the worst game I've ever played. You know, this is the worst performance I've ever given in this video game yeah. that I have so much time in. Um, but then there, there are times where you're doing so well and everything's clicking and you're on fire. Your communication with your team is great. And you're just like, fuck, we're playing like like all stars right now. Um, and yeah, it, it feels really good. You get that great endorphin rush. Um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting, like I, so I've still been on that siege, uh, train, you know, just, just chugging along down those tracks, playing <laughs> a lot of that game right now. And, you know, I, I, I'm definitely having those moments as well where you're, you know, you can be killed like in the first few seconds of a round and you're just like, well, I'm out. I guess I'm just watching the cameras the rest of this round. Yeah. But then there are those times where you're like, you're all of a sudden you're 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 defending or something and like you're you're five v five and then within 30 seconds it goes to like a one v five and you're like what happened to the rest of my team they're all dead yeah and then somehow you still clutch and you get like four you know four of them in a row and whatever you 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 end up winning and your heart's pounding you have that that really ecstatic moment like like what we're talking about here yeah but i'm also wondering if it's not as powerful because you don't invest the same amount of time you know what I mean? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I'd like, you sent me a few clips of you. I, I don't know if it was one or two, but like, there was definitely one where I saw you clutch. It was like a 1v4 or 1v5 mm. or something. Mm. And you came through and like, just even like seeing the look on your face afterwards, like you were so fucking jacked. Like you yeah. were like yeah, yeah. ready to jump up and down. I'm like, that is like what makes a game so much fun. Yeah. Is when you come through, like, cause when you started, you were like, how do I aim? How do I like, what's this? And then like, just to see. Like you're, you're doing those kinds of those situations and you're coming through and it's like, fuck yeah. Like mm-hmm. that is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it, if the time investment makes a difference. I have no idea. Yeah. Because, cause like what you're saying, you know, with PUBG, you can go through like very long periods of like where you're being careful, you're sneaking, you're like maybe getting one or two kills here. You're just like maybe avoiding gunfights or just like, oh, we need to make it here. And then when you get to that, that situation where it's just like, oh, there are four people in this house trying to kill me or I have to. Yeah. I have to crest this hill to get to the last inner circle, but I know there are people there waiting for me, right? And it's like five players left alive or something, you know? And mm-hmm. you've spent like 40 minutes in this game. So I, I wonder if that time investment sort of compounds th- those those feelings of stress and like, uh, w- you know, whether you fail or succeed, whether, whether that sort of exacerbates that... that um, those emotions you know yeah i'm sure it has like some effect because i find like in games where you know i'm in like the top 10 or whatever i i find as the game goes on you know like my hands get sweatier like mm-hmm. my heart rate goes up and it's yeah. just like i wonder if that elongated like build up to that moment where you're like okay hey, this is like either where i'm gonna win or i'm gonna get just killed off like yeah. i wonder if that actually it probably does i mean yeah. it's like such a such a time investment you're like i want this to happen and when it does it's like yes like, <laughs> it's a drug man it's yeah. yeah for sure yeah video games are addicting i actually i think i was writing something about uh yeah the column that i wrote for uh 
for the paper this week uh, is about sort of those those addicting sort of moments that, that you get from that feedback that you get from games and how you like even though they can be really punishing, you always come back for more, right? Yeah. Just yeah. because you're, you're always chasing that high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true though. It's like, an actual drug. Like. You're chasing th- those endorphins, you know, like uh, yeah. I'm sure video games aren't necessarily as good as heroin, but um, <laughs> yeah. kids, kids don't do drugs. Uh, just do video games. Um, <laughs> do video games. Yeah. Pump it into your blood there. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's uh, jump into the news of the week. Uh, there's a few uh, interesting stories here. Uh, but probably the most surprising story of the week is that John Cena might be tapped to star as Duke Nukem <laughs> in uh, in the title role of uh, Duke Nukem. So this this hasn't been like confirmed anything. There's no director or writer attached to this project right now. And it also sounds like this is a quote star vehicle, basically just trying to get John Cena into like a big action movie. John Cena has been good in a few things. Like I really liked him in um, oh, what was that movie with the. Uh, it wasn't Bridesmaids, was it? It's like Amy Schumer or something? It, it, oh, yeah. It was a movie with Amy Schumer. He had I know a, the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he was like hilarious in it. And, I, and, I, and it, it just kind of showed his range. There was also a, a recent movie that came out uh, about snipers in Afghanistan or Iraq. I think it's called mm. The Wall. But it, it looked really interesting. And I think it had pretty, pretty decent reviews. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that being said, the fact that people want to make a duke nukem movie yeah, in no, 2018 right? like what the so fuck is, like, is going on is it surprising that they're casting him or is it surprising that they're making a duke Mo- i think nukem it's more surprising movie. that people are like you know it's a good idea duke nukem movie <laughs> yeah after like the disaster of duke nukem forever and whatever that was 2010 2011 when that game came out yeah like yeah. fuck man like who cares about duke nukem now yeah i mean i don't know it's just it seems like it's for a different time mm-hmm <laughs> Like Duke Nukem was just like, I'm going to kick ass and chew bubble gum. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. Right now it'd just be kind of campy and like, yeah, maybe that's like what they would be going for or maybe they'd, you know, mm-hmm. completely revamp the style. But yeah, Duke Nukem is not to be taken seriously. The really. only way that this would succeed is if they really leaned into him being like a washed up, like action junkie and him like, yeah. like, like it being very aware that the things that he is saying are really dumb, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the only way it would work. But I mean... Th- one other troubling asset or aspect of, of this uh, story is the fact that uh, Michael Bay's production company is attached to the film. Um, oh, shit. I, I, it hasn't said anything about him directly being involved, but his production yeah. company is. So, to be fair, who else do you think should be involved? Like, <laughs> if a Duke Nukem movie is going to be made, I think Michael Bay needs to be. Yeah, that's a part true. of that. Oh, and also, God. like you think about when Dwayne johnson started out as an actor like even uh, my thoughts on it were like oh you know yeah this is like this wrestler you know he's trying to capitalize on his success in 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 wrestling and whatever like i'm not going to give him any stock but he ended Mm -hmm. up being this like amazing actor and uh most highest paid actor in hollywood still i think right great in jumanji great in jumanji (laughs) he's a real good yeah in theaters now (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think like john cena me like as far as roles go i think like this one Maybe he'd be good for it. I don't know. Who like, knows? I, don't... I, I just, I, I think like he, I've seen him in enough stuff to be like, oh yeah, this guy has, has uh, a lot of talent and he could probably follow in the footsteps of someone like Dwayne Johnson. Mm. Uh, but I don't think a Duke Nukem movie is a good fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, but what apparently was a good idea uh, was the recent Dragon Ball Fighters, or as I like to call it, Fighter Z. Um which pisses off all the Americans. Um, 
<laughs> so Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, of course, uh, set in the Dragon Ball universe, is uh, quite literally a fighting game that uh, you know a lot of people have been really excited for. Uh, and it looks like it has sort of smashed the Steam charts and um, has, within you know only a couple of days, uh, become one of the most played fighting games in Steam's history. Um, Damn. So at its peak, it had 44,200 concurrent players. And the only thing that's come close is Tekken 7 at 18,000, which like is not even close. Yeah. Um, so, so Ted, have you seen anything about Dragon Ball Fighters, and uh, what do you think about its sort of quick success? I haven't seen a thing about it. Is it like um, like Street Fighter, or is it kind of just of, like yeah, sort of like a two D action? Or I was about to say action game, two D fighting game, uh, but like very much relishing in a lot of the tropes of of the series, like tons of the characters from the shows, and like you know, shit gets like really anime in a lot of the right, fights as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think like. You know, there, there was a lot of fan hype around this game, so that's probably one of the reasons why there are a ton of people playing it right now. I'm, I, I'm wondering, like, I haven't played it personally, so I'm wondering if what's actually there will will be competitive enough for, like, those hardcore fighting players. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I wish Jusilo was here when we were talking about this, because he, he's the <laughs> Dragon Ball fan. That's his jam, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, watch it just become, like, the new eSport. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be curious to see if it has, like, the the mechanical legs to sort of uh, compete on like an like a Evo stage or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in in uh, sadder news, uh, Epic Games is going to be shutting down Paragon. Uh, so that was their attempt at like a third person MOBA, uh, sort of like Smite or something like that. Uh, I mean, the game looked great. It was obviously you know Epic you know likes to make pretty looking games. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it looks like they're going to be shutting it down. And I don't know if this was a direct result of the success of Fortnite, but it kind of sounds like it was. Um, so Fortnite uh, was the sort of base building horde game that uh, that's been in early access for quite some time. And of course, mm-hmm. it, it jumped on the Battle Royale bandwagon with uh, Fortnite Battle Royale. And that game has been massively successful because it was uh, free to play. And it was also on consoles before PUBG was. Um, so it's also the only type of game, or it's the most popular game like that that's on PlayStation right now because uh, PUBG has recently come to Xbox. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm just going to read a quote here from uh, Epic's statement. And they say, quote, after careful consideration and many difficult internal debates, we feel there isn't a clear path for us to grow Paragon into a MOBA that retains enough players to be sustainable. We didn't execute well enough to deliver on the promise of Paragon. We have failed you, despite the team's incredible hard work. Hmm. So they are offering uh, full refunds for people that have purchased the game uh, on any platform. So if you've purchased uh, Paragon, you can go ahead and do that. Um, How much was that? Uh, I can't remember. I think they, they there was also some controversy because they were like charging for early access. Oh. Um, but you get some like cosmetics and some other stuff as well, some other upgrades. But yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, I I think they're, they've definitely been shifting a lot of their focus towards Fortnite at Epic, uh, because of, of of its success with its battle royale uh, version. Yeah. So what what do you think about like uh, Epic and Fortnite and battle royale success and sort of uh, what's been going on there? Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of hit gold when they uh, when they made the the royale or battle mm-hmm. royale kind of spin off of it because i like most 
PUBG streamers almost, or not most, but I say a lot of them started streaming Fortnite and it be, kind of became their main game. And I don't know, just the popularity of it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so it makes sense that they're, they're going to be capitalizing on a game that everyone, you know, has their eyes on yeah. already instead yeah. of starting something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, shit, they're offering refunds. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, we're not really talking about Paragon anymore. It's just like, we're talking about Fortnite, which is fine because that's really the story here, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I think Fortnite was like doing okay, but it was definitely the battle royale, uh, mod or version of it that really struck gold for them. Um, and, and of course it was very much like the first game to jump on the battle Royale bandwagon in a big way. Um, or at least the, the first one that did so and was also successful. Um, so I'm curious to see if they can sort of maintain that, uh, in the same space that PUBG is in now, now that it's officially launched and you know, they're, they're adding new content, new map. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with battle Royale games in the future. And like any game that, that any sort of shooter game or action game that comes out that doesn't have that type of mode. I, I don't know, you know, what, what's going to happen there. Cause I feel like every developer is just like, shit, we need to include this now. Yeah. And I mean, at least that's the, the style of game that is just, it's, it's pretty hot right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like we're going to, we're going to see it quite a bit. Did, um, cause I know, um, like the PUBG corporation was suing Fortnite or they were, they were suing the developers because of they, copied the game i know i know blue hole and PUBG corp have said that they they don't feel it's right um yeah so so the, i'm looking at a story from uh september where uh han kim who's um one of the folks at blue hole uh says uh, the PUBG community has and continues to provide evidence of the many simul- similarities as we can contemplate further action uh, so i don't think they're actively um pursuing legal action right now but i'm sure they're still thinking about it mm-hmm. well, that's um, weird yeah and, and i think it's gonna be harder for them as more games like copy what they're doing right yeah right and speaking of copying things that successful companies are doing xbox is copying uh netflix taking a page out of the old netflix book boom by adding new titles to their xbox game pass so this is something that they rolled out a while ago because uh, this is a like nine dollar and ninety nine cent uh, monthly subscription um, that uh, gives you access to a number of titles digitally on, on their platform, um, and it sounds like moving forward, uh, starting with uh, Sea of Thieves, which is coming out in March, all Microsoft Studios games or all new Microsoft Studios games are going to be available on the service on launch day, uh, which is kind of a big thing. So this means uh, you know Sea of Thieves, Crackdown Three, St- State of Decay Two. You know, whatever future Halo game they have or whatever future uh, future uh, Forza game they have is going to be available on this subscription service on day one. Wow. So that's kind of a big deal. And, and this is something that we've been talking about in games for a while and wondering who's going to be the first to do this. Uh, Microsoft is because, you know, they're, they're kind of behind PlayStation right now. They need to take some chances. They need to take some risks. Uh, so what did you think about this news, Ted? I think that's that's pretty cool. It was it felt like it was a matter of time before someone kind of pulled the trigger on this, mm-hmm. you know, games for service kind of kind of uh, system. But no, I, I, I'm interested to see how this pans out for them. I mean, it's been as far as Netflix goes, they've been massively successful and they've kind of paved the way for other uh, streaming services. So I'm wondering if you know if this this marketplace or this what is it called again? Like the uh, games? it is called the uh, Xbox Game Pass. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's, if it's going to be as successful as they uh, are hoping, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I hope it is. I mean, that's really cool. I think one of the things that sets this apart from like some of the, uh, the past like uh, streaming services that, that weren't as successful, um, is the fact that you actually download the game, right? You just download the game as though you've, you've bought it and you have access to it as long as you continue your, your subscription. Um, I, I wonder what their, their model is here because I, I imagine like there will probably be a large portion of the audience who is just like, oh, the new Halo is out. Oh, see if these is out. I'm going to pay for this subscription once so I can play the game for the month and I'm going to cancel it. So I, I wonder if they're, they're fine with that or if they're just hoping, you know, fingers crossed. Oh, I hope they subscribe and forget to cancel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit of both. Um, you'll pr- we'll probably see. I mean, you still see it everywhere, but we'll probably see a lot of games that kind of have a kind of like a i don't know indefinite end like they they're going to keep releasing dlc they're going to keep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe maybe loot boxes are going to be involved maybe there's going to be like an online kind of community yeah um i don't know like like destiny like there's always an ongoing thing there's always something more to get mm-hmm. at least that's what i think it is um so yeah maybe they're going to have more like games aren't going to have like a set end that's going to be like yeah. a, a mostly online kind of features yeah yeah we've definitely been talking about like the games as service thing for quite quite a while here um so it'd be interesting to see if they kind of wrap this game pass into that type of thing or even if they wrap this up into their uh xbox live gold yeah. subscriptions um so yeah it, it's definitely an interesting move from xbox it'll be cool to see if other people do the same thing um and kind of see where this goes you know in, in the days ahead Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, these are rough days, Ted, uh, for those of us that, that, <laughs> that? that play PC games and those of us that want to build new PCs because of the, the, the Bitcoin miners. I don't know if you mm. heard of this thing called the Bitcoins, the Bitcoiners. Yeah. Um, so obviously cryptocurrencies, um, have been, uh, big news over the last few years. And, uh, recently the prices of, of Bitcoins have, have been fluctuating, uh, dramatically and have like skyrocketed recently. Uh, there have been a few dips, but but still they're 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 quite uh, sought after and quite valued to the point that um, the availability of graphics cards like AMD and NVIDIA graphics cards has become very very scarce. Um, so CNBC put out a report uh, talking about this earlier. Uh, Glixel, um, Rolling Stones kind of uh, video game uh, uh, outlet has, has talked about this as well. Um, but you know. Uh, a lot of these cryptocurrencies, the, the value of them has ra- raised more than 400%. And as a result, people have been trying, have been buying up in bulk a lot of video cards um, to help them with mining these cryptocurrencies. So we w- won't get into the whole thing about like, what the fuck is a Bitcoin and how do Bitcoins work and how does mining Bitcoins <laughs> work? Because like, I'm not the person to ask. I'm sure there are a lot of great informational YouTube videos out there that explain all that stuff. Um, but what, we, what, what I want to talk about is the fact that like, if you want to build a PC right now, you're, you're not you're kind of <laughs> shit out of luck like because you're gonna be paying upwards of like three four times the cost for what like a, a graphics card normally goes for mm-hmm. uh so, so what do you think about all this ted yeah i mean it's it's pretty insane like just looking at the prices for 1080s right now it's mm-hmm. like that's worth more than my entire pc put together right. almost yeah. um yeah i mean i've read a few articles and it's kind of interesting people are kind of getting up in arms like oh like what the hell's going on they need to stop selling to bitcoin miners or they they need to find a way to lower the price because it's not fair to gamers it's i don't know it's like that's not really how 
the market. That's not how yeah. like a, a business works. If yeah. they if they're getting a lot of money from outside sources, then they're going to capitalize on that source of income. Like they're mm-hmm. going to start. They're probably going to develop their own. Um, they're called ASICs. They're application specific integrated circuits. They're like basically bit or yeah, bit mining. Uh, gpus that are like specific to bit mining right they do it way faster Mm -hmm. and i think they're going to like start to develop their own their own asic because it'll kind of split apart the bit miners and then just the the casual gamers right so like gamers will get their own gpus and then the other guys will just get their own Mm -hmm. asics and it'll kind of even things out hopefully yeah Um, but right now yeah it's impossible to even think yeah. about buying a gpu they're, like, they're, they're like even getting something like a 1050 or even you know uh sort of some of the less high-end cards is is almost impractical right now um like you were saying you know you can just like checking out amazon like the prices are three four times what they should be yeah i, I read a couple other things about like how some uh outlets are kind of trying to um incentivize people who are building pcs to 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 still um buy from them like so if you're trying to buy a bunch of cards in bulk they're not going to help you but then you know they'll, they'll charge you whatever they're, they're going to charge you but if you're buying like a single card plus a bunch of other pc parts they'll try and give you a bit of a discount um hmm. so you're still probably paying more for that card than you should be but it sounds like there are a couple outlets um that, that are still trying to you know, make good with people that are that are building PCs. Yeah, Memory Express was actually doing that. They mm-hmm. they would ask you if you were like what you were having the the GPU for. If it was mm-hmm. for mining or yeah, it's kind of interesting that they're doing that. Um, one thing that I saw on Twitter, I was looking at um uh, something that Arthur Geese uh, said. He's one of the folks that hosts the the Rebel FM podcast. But he was basically saying that like you know with all this stuff happening with bitcoins and the fact that GPUs are 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 so expensive right now that the Xbox One X you know, went from like, oh, these are like, okay, or at least the Xbox One X is like, oh, this is an okay way to get 4K. Now it's just like, shit, if you want to build a 4K gaming PC, like, you're probably seriously considering an Xbox One X instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the situation right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to stay that way for that long. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm betting that this time next year, um, the prices are going to be kind of back to normal. Yeah. Um, just for a lot of reasons. Like, I think because the more bit miners the harder bit mining becomes mm-hmm. i think they're going to start to see like uh, there's definitely a drop off in our roi and i just like yeah i don't i don't think it's going to be a thing forever but yeah right now it seems like a, a console is a good way to go if you want to get a 4k experience immediately so yeah for sure um it, it's it's kind of like a boon for microsoft that all of this is happening you know yeah and yeah. just just the fact that like oh shit you know because more often than not if if you actually give a shit about Oh, I want like, you know, the best looking games and I'm going to, I'm going to spend a lot of money to make that happen. And, you know, uh, you're more often than not going to buy or build your own PC. Um, so it's, it's kind of lucky for Microsoft. I think that they put out the X when they did, cause honestly they put it out and I'm like, who's going to buy this? The people who care yeah. about that kind of shit are probably just going to build a PC. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah. Yeah. But now I think Microsoft might be doing okay with some of those one X sales. <laughs> they obviously have a fortune teller. Yeah. Yeah. They have definitely. a seer. They sent someone back in time and were like, <laughs> put it out now. <laughs> um, so recently, the uh, Game Developers Conference released their uh, state of the industry uh, report um, for 2018, which they, you know, they, they put this report out every year where they 
poll um, over 4,000 game developers to kind of see what's going on with development and what they're kind of thinking about and what their their future plans are. And uh, there were a few interesting uh, tidbits of info that, that came out of this report. So I think one of the, the biggest things, and we, well, we can talk about this in a second, but, you know, a few things, some of them are kind of skeptical, skeptical about VR. You know, they're saying that uh, there's a quote here from the report that says, quote, faith in the long-term sustainability of the VR AR business is slipping um, as people think that VR still, still needs its like, quote, must have game, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like, like it's Halo or it's, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and a lot of people are thinking about de- developing for the Switch. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, but uh, another thing that this report uh, discussed is that one in 10 game developers surveyed said they were currently working on games with paid item crates. So wow. one in 10 game devs um, are, are planning to support their game with uh, item crates. And one in five are planning to support their games with paid DLC updates, paid in-game items, and or paid in-game currency. Yeah. Uh, so that really points to, you know, the way the models in, in the industry have been changing. So, so what did you think about that news about like how developers are thinking about monetizing their stuff in, in, you know, in the days ahead? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like the industry has been changing, it has been evolving and it's become at least for the most part, a lot more expensive to develop games these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, a lot of companies from top to bottom EA to, you know, some indie devs, they see the value of having kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know how to call it, but just like, yeah, loot boxes or paid DLC where they can still make money from, from later releases of things or just like cosmetic releases. Like it's, it's kind of as a business stance, that's how they're going to make a decent amount of money on their, on their game. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if you could argue like games that don't have those kinds of things, if they're, if they can even be as successful as, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as games that have loot boxes and all the, all that stuff. I, I imagine the only way to do that is if you have really low overhead, like I'm thinking of like smaller indie developers, you know? Yeah. If, if they have really small teams and they kind of put out like this kind of small niche thing and it really blows up, but that's kind of like, like, hit, you know, winning the lottery or having lightning strike you. Yeah. So I think that's the only way for, for like just putting out, out a game for like 20 bucks to, for, for you to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you're right. Like I think moving forward, especially as game development gets more expensive, a lot of these developers are, are thinking like, yeah, how do we just like, how do we, I don't want to say like, how do we milk consumers for, for all their worth? But like, it, but like as, yeah, <laughs> as, as, as a consumer, it often feels like that, but like, just like, how do we plan out uh a revenue model that lasts for, you know, whatever it is, the, the, the entire lifespan of this game, you know? Um, so it's definitely interesting. Um, I think there's obviously we saw with like battlefront two, there's a lot of, um, concern over this. Uh, and, and there can be a lot of pushback when we feel like this is kind of, um, preying on consumers and when we feel Mm -hmm. it's kind of gross. There's definitely a line. I think we kind of have a bad taste in our mouth with seeing games like battlefront two where there are advantages to buying loot crates and advantages to spending extra money to progress in the game. Um, what I have no problem with is like cosmetic upgrades or like DLC that's, you know, if you want more of the game, like that's a great way to spend a little bit more money and get more of what you like playing. Right. There, there are ways to utilize that 
business model that I think can be really ex- successful and good for the consumer and the and the developer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Not every company is going to do it like that. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but of course, this this discussion leads into a lot of concern that fans have uh, about Anthem, which is EA and Bioware's sort of next big game. Um, so in a report uh, from Kotaku, uh, Jason Schreier did some really good reporting. Um, you can find this article. It's titled, uh, Bioware Doubles Down on Anthem as Pressure Mounts. Um, and uh, Schreier talked to a lot of people off the record uh, to kind of find out what was going on with Anthem. So it sounds like the game has been delayed. Uh, it was originally scheduled for a fall 2018 window, which sounded pretty ambitious. Uh, so, so it's not really surprising that it's been delayed into 2019. In some of his discussions with uh, some of the developers, you know that they they are obviously working as hard as they can on the game. But I think EA is also very seriously taking into account like what the model around Anthem is going to be because it feels like this is EA's version of a Destiny, right? Like a big open world game where you're going to be getting together with friends and finding loot and going on quests and that sort of thing. So with the pushback that EA had on Battlefront 2 and a lot of the uh, the fans of, of Destiny and Destiny 2 being like really disgruntled by, you know, the lack of in-game content, uh, the, the, the loot boxes they had in the game, uh, the way that the Bungie was was communicating with with their community, you know, they, they feel really sort of hard done by. And I think mm-hmm. EA is taking a lot of that into account now. Um, so who knows if, if this delay was a result of them being like, oh, shit, people are mad about loot boxes. Or if it's more just like, oh, yeah, this game was probably not going to come out in 2018 uh, either way. Um, so you had a chance to look at this. Uh, what, what, what did you think about Schreier's reporting here? The game has been in development for, I mean, almost six years now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it would be very coincidental if they delayed development right now because of, or not because of, like, the, the monetization kerfuffle that's going on. Um, I think that's exactly why they're kind of having an issue with it. Yeah, I don't know. I as soon as I hear like EA is coming out with something, it's kind of like I talked about, you know, a bad taste in your mouth. EA definitely has not been a good example of of honest business tactics. I mm-hmm. think, um, and I mean, I'm I'm speaking subjectively here, and but I don't know. I just, I'm not that excited for it. Yeah, but but I think your concern is valid, especially coming off of the disaster that was, well, not only um, uh, Battlefront 2, but like specifically with Bioware, the disaster that was Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, So that was a game that a ton of people were really excited for, and it just came out in such a broken state. And and just, I mean, there's been some, again, some great reporting on like what happened to that game and why it ended up the way it did i, I think again schreier has done some some really good work there but you know that that game was so poorly received that for all intents and purposes mass effect is fucking dead like that game yeah. has been shelved indefinitely yeah they killed it yeah so so i think there's definitely cause for concern with what ea is going to be doing with uh with anthem and with and what, what bioware is 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 doing there yeah definitely and like i mean Bioware used to be kind of the bastion of RPG mm-hmm. development studios. You know, they had Knights of the Old Republic. They had the first few Dragon Age games, Mass Effect yep. 1 and 2, like absolutely outstanding games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of see when EA got its hands on it, 
um, when they started making changes, when they started rushing development. Um, I don't know. Since since playing Mass Effect 2, I haven't seen a decent game come out of Bioware. At least, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm so wary of Anthem and just like everyone's hype over it. I'm like, I don't yeah. think it's going to be as great of a game as you guys think, but I'm uh, I'm a Mass Effect three apologist. I still enjoyed it, uh, but but, but I, de- I definitely take uh, take your point to heart. And um, from from all of the off the record conversations that Schreier has had with developers at Bioware, people working on Anthem, it sounds like you know the game in its early stages, like any sort of new IP, kind of went from like a oh fuck, what are we doing here to like oh you know we're we're trucking along and development's kind of hard, but we're kind of getting there where we need to where we need to be. Um, but a lot of games like this have like really rocky starts. Like uh, he, he mentions things like Destiny, Diablo three, uh, the Division. You know mm-hmm. they kind of start, especially again these big like uh, persistent action games, these these open world things, these games of service where things are kind of rocky. You're not sure the direction that the game is going. What what do the systems look like? What's what's progression look like? And the the monetization model. So so again, you know one of the big concerns is like what's going to happen with anthem and if it has a rocky start how is ea going to handle that right yeah um are they just going to fucking pull the plug like they did with mass effect or are they going <laughs> to do something else you know i i feel like they wouldn't pull the plug on this as readily i mean again it's been in development for six years so mm-hmm. i think it's mm-hmm. kind of they're really banking on this being a, a successful ip um but yeah i mean who knows it, i i wasn't a big fan of the destiny games again that's my own personal you know reasoning but yeah i don't know i just what do you think anthem like are you excited for this kind of game or i i i liked what they showed off but I, of course i'm still I'm, I'm the biggest cynic out there like i'm i'm i understand like when you show something at an e3 or at, a, at another big game conference that is um a vertical slice that is like your game looking its best you know, that, that is like your idea of what you want your game to be. Cause more often yeah. than not, you usually have another year or two of development. So, uh, you know, a million different things can happen between then and now or now and then whatever. I understand what they want to do. The, the trailers look great. The, the, you know, the, the demo they showed off was fantastic, but again, I don't know if it's going to be what I want out of Bioware. Like, you know, when I think of Bioware, like you said, I think of Mass Effect 2 and I think of the Dragon Age and all those other really cool character moments that you have and the fantastic writing and the acting and it doesn't feel like this is that same type of game this feels like they want to do a destiny and like i don't know if that's what i want from them um yeah so so i yeah i don't know where this is gonna go yeah i mean it's just like for me it's so disheartening to see what bioware was and what they've kind of become Mm -hmm. um and i mean it's like it's yay took them over and did a lot of a lot of reworking with their with their staff and just the vision of the company and yeah. uh, you kind of see where things started going downhill but yeah i remember when i was in university and one of the guys that worked at bioware in edmonton and this was this was before mass effect 2 mm-hmm. um he came in and just kind of showed he didn't show any of like the assets that he was working on for mass effect 2 but he showed mass effect 1 like this was his development like he this is what he, how he did his 3d modeling he was a 3d modeler and just like you could see the excitement behind him and he's mm-hmm. just like he loved what he was doing he loved working on it yeah and he was so excited for like what he was working on and you know like looking if i looked him up now like he he doesn't work at bioware anymore anymore like he doesn't 
just like the, what he said that he wanted Bioware to become and what it has become. It's just like, oh shit. Two different that's things. Kinda, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's kind of, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, like there are still like terrific people working, you know, at, at Bioware, at its studios. Like I think sometimes we get bogged down in talking about these, these organizations as like these faceless things. Um, Schreier has a really good paragraph in, in his piece. I'm just going to read it really quickly because um, uh, I think it does a good job sort of highlighting that. Um, so he says here, quote, and then there's the toxicity problem as video game pundits sees any opportunity to stoke anger at big publishers. Uh, two people who have worked on Anthem both expressed anxiety to me about the ways some big YouTubers have spread misinformation and inflammatory rhetoric about EA saying that it has a demoralizing effect on those people on the ground level. To people who work for EA, the publisher isn't just a cold corporate master. It is a complicated machine that, yes, is concerned first and foremost with generating revenue for investors, but also supports thousands of people in many tangible and intangible ways. People Mm -hmm. close to Bioware, along with many other developers I've talked to in recent months, worry that commentary from some of YouTube's loudest voices has limited nuance and made companies like EA seem like a Disney villain. Hmm. Interesting. What kind of commentary like are you talking about? Like is it like threatening or is it Well, just just you know, you know, just like like there are definitely uh people on YouTube and Twitter and wherever the fuck else that are just like, you know, you know, EA is the devil, fuck them for what they've done to video games and that sort of right. thing and like Right. Uh, again, like these are much more nuanced issues like ea is a very large organization and you know there are people there who are probably very happy with you know the way the company treats them and the way you know the the work that they do for them it's just you know it's it's very easy to get bogged down in youtube comments you know what i mean yeah where and, and you start I, you start to just see the name and not the people that actually yeah, work exactly and, and again you get caught up in the rhetoric of just like you know ea's the ea's always like voted the worst company in america <laughs> it's like really Really, They're just because, like using that now because because you're unhappy about loot boxes or like some yeah. something they did in a video game or some shit. It's just like yeah. I'm pretty sure like we can maybe find some you know oil giant or like some pharmaceutical company that's doing way shittier things. Yeah, than, than let's EA talk about is. Nest Tea, guys. <laughs> All right, I want to put a patent on water. Yeah, oh jeez. No. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so like, I'm just I'm talking about like what I used to play or what I used to experience with Bioware and what I experience now. I yeah. see a, a, an actual difference, yes, an actual yes. difference in quality. And that, you know what? That could just be me too. But it sounds like, you know, a lot of people have a lot of the same um, mm-hmm. opinions. But hey. So I think, I think there are a lot of unanswered questions about what is going to happen with Anthem and like how that is going to affect, um, you know, EA and especially Bioware. This kind of like it's starting to sound like a make or break game for Bioware. Yeah. Again, especially after what happened with Andromeda. Um, so I'm very interested to see how they handle it and how how the the community and how fans react to the game once it comes out and what those models are going to look like what progression is going to look like like there's just way too much stuff that is unanswered right now yeah no absolutely and i would love to be proven wrong here yeah for sure it looks like it could be a really cool game Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely we'll see um anyways i think that is going to do it for the news this week uh but let's uh we we already talked about some of the stuff that we were playing uh, new format, Ted. I don't know if you listened to last week's show, but we 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 flipped everything. Whoa, we flipped it all. So what we the talked about the games done? at the beginning of the show. I leave for one week, <laughs> and you turn everything upside down. Yeah. So let's uh, make some recommendations outside of games, and then um, yeah, 
then we can get it skedaddle and get out of here. So, so what do you want to recommend to the, to the folks listening at home, listening in their cars today? Um, go, uh, go watch the new Jumanji. You, you turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> go watch it. I was like, like I said, I wasn't that excited to go see it. And then I started watching it. And I'm like, Oh, this is actually, this is a nice little film here. So, yeah, so, uh, I enjoyed it. So it's got The Rock, it's got uh, Kevin Hart and... Uh, yeah, Jack Black, Jack Black. And I don't know her name, but she's she's just so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, yeah, she's very attractive. I don't know her name though. <laughs> I'll have to look it up later. Um, but, but aren't they like kids who get sucked into the game or something? They are, they're like high school kids, but then they become the avatars in Jumanji, ah, okay. I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Good movie. Okay, I recommend cool. that. I'll have to check it out. Um, what did I want to recommend? You know, I'll recommend the movie Atomic Blonde. It's kind of old at this point. I think you can get it digitally. Um, mm. but I really enjoyed Atomic Blonde. I think you and I watched it together. Yeah, um, I watched that with you. It's good. Uh, so yeah, sort of Charlie's Charlie's Theron in a John Wick-ish type movie. Uh, sort of. It's kind Maybe of like, not as much like actiony, but more yeah. like spy, like thriller kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are definitely a couple like really cool scenes in that flick though where. Because cause I remember like sitting through most of that movie and being like, people compare this to John Wick and I'm just not seeing it. But yeah. there are definitely a couple of fights near the end where it's just like, holy shit, that was brutal. Yeah. Um, like I'm specifically thinking of one where like by the end of it, you see like her and the person she's fighting are like so exhausted, you know? And, yeah. and that like they really convey just like how brutal <laughs> like a fist fight is. Yeah. And like when you're trying to literally like kill someone, you know, with your hands like how much that takes out of you and yeah. it's it's really dark at moments but like a really cool movie like stylistically it's really fun and i think she does a terrific job in it yeah no she definitely does and i know the exact fight you're talking about and it was just like if if a fight like that were to take place like that is what it would look like like yeah. that is just that the exhaust exhaustion at the very end of it was like wow yeah. like that yeah. is yeah yeah. She's not a superhero. She's just a, she's just better than the rest of us, but she's still got, <laughs> you know, those human limitations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. And I always like seeing that in, in action movies. Like there's, uh, it reminded me a lot of um, the hallway fight scene in Daredevil, like the first season of Daredevil. Um, for those that know what I'm talking about, I think it's like in episode two or three, it's early in that season. Um, but it's like a, it's very reminiscent of, like those those one shot action scenes that you see in like Old Boy or, or what have you. I think in, in in the Daredevil one, they I think they had cuts in it, but they hide them really well. Okay. Uh, but again, you just like see Daredevil go in and like by the end of the fight, he's just like completely exhausted. Right. Um, and I really like seeing that sort of attention to detail in in action movies. I think it's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um. So yeah, I think that's going to be it for this week. So um, if you want to get in touch with us folks if you want to weigh in on the news of the week or discuss what's going on in the world of games you should uh hop into the discussion channel uh on the uh shelf games discord server uh, so you can find a link to that in the show notes and of course you can send us email shelvegames at gmail.com and you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts on itunes apple podcasts or on google play uh please leave us a rating or review uh that really helps us out or just tell your friends about the show let them know hey there's these couple of crazy canadians <laughs> talking about the video games um so uh yeah get your friends to listen to the show uh you can find us on twitter at shelf games i'm at john underscore tab and of course we're on facebook and youtube as well just search for shelf games and on twitch twitch.tv slash shelf games 
and music for the show is by Zed Ion, who you can find on SoundCloud. Uh, Ted, where can people find you on the internet? My Instagram, my Twitch, and my Vimeo. I'm going to start plugging that Ooh, now. Vimeo. Um, it's all the Teddy Gage. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be uploading a video in the next couple of days that I just finished. If you mm-hmm. want to take a look and yeah. see what you think, might be kind of uh, cool. Where can people find that um, PUBG video you sent me the other day? It was you just going ham. Oh, I was just like, I was just sending that to a couple of friends, but... If you want, will, people, you, want, uh, you want people to check it out or no? It's it's public on my YouTube channel, which is, I think, just Teddy Gage. I make okay. it very confusing. It's not all the same. <laughs> you need to get that uh, brand, brand cohesion. I know. I'm trying. I'm doing my best here. I can link that in the show notes, too, if you want. Oh, yeah. If you, yeah, sure. I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but th- thanks again, Ted, for hanging out with me and uh, yeah, chatting. Always appreciate it. Anytime. And uh, thank you to all you folks at home. Um, So we will catch you next time. And until then, go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find. Whoa. Let's uh, let's get going here, so we don't cut too much into your pub get time. Oh, psh. you know, whatever, whatever. Just getting chicken dinners twenty four seven. Matt, I've been winning so much. It's <laughs> actually stupid. Okay, all right, calm like, down. I'm just saying. All right, just saying. I'm like real good at video games. <laughs> <laughs> Way better than everybody else. <laughs> yes, everyone else. Goddamn. All right, let's get going. Sure.